I think it is the most important important thing. If uh, people uh, doesn't recognize or remember your brand, uh, you are you are way. out of the game, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> basically. Yes. Welcome to the Digital Marketing Wingman Podcast, the podcast where we bring you helpful tips and advice on websites, Google, and social media. Welcome, everybody, to the Digital Marketing Wingman Podcast. It's been a long time since we've had an episode, but we've decided to buy some new gear, some new mics, some new recording, and we're in our new office. So here we are, and I have decided to invite these two lovely ladies in from the Pixel team to talk about all things branding. So welcome to Diana and Abby. I'll start with you, Diana. You uh, have an industrial design background. Give us a bit of a, an explanation of what that is. So um, we can design uh, objects, uh, 3D objects. Uh, for example, uh, we can design um, furniture or cars um, uh, and everything in the middle. Yeah. yeah. And then you made a transition to branding and uh, graphic design. Yes, to- I did. To make more opportunity, get more opportunities in that industry, did you? Yeah, exactly. Um, when I was uh, at the uni uh, studying, um, my uh, one of the professors uh, asked me if I wanted to start working in house in the uh, university. So I was happy to do it, yeah. and then I started working as a graphic designer, and I loved it. And you've been in Australia for how long now? For around seven years. Seven years. Okay. Yes. And then you've made the move from Melbourne down to Geelong once you joined Pixeled, which is pretty yes. cool. Yes. Yeah. Uh, All right. And Abby? Hello. You are our lead copywriter and brand strategist. I am. So for people who don't know what that means is that I write all the content and words whenever you see, you see an ad um, or a website Um or even a, a radio commercial um, instead of copyright, which people get confused with copyright law. Mm, it yes. is copyright, W-R-I-T-E, uh, and uh, basically responsible for doing, yeah, so concept work, um, words, um, Persuading voices. Persuading people to do things, <laughs> your that's, words. That's right. We, the copywriters of the world, write the taglines of the world, everybody. Nice. Okay. Well, you two are my branding experts, so... I thought I would start um, this podcast off with asking you, what makes a good brand in your opinion? Abby, I'll start with you. So uh, I think the the first thing is consistency with a good brand, Um, making sure it's recognisable no matter what platform it's on, whether that is on the radio with a a song or a jingle. Um, Obviously the the colour palette in your logo and all of the livery associated with that. Mm. So um, keeping that that brand consistency through uh, colouring, brand personality, um, that that's really um, what well. makes yeah copywriting so tone of voice yeah uh, all of your brand assets need to be cohesive and um, just recognizable so that customer when they do come across it they know exactly what that is within seconds of seeing it even subconsciously they might not even you know be reading the word of who it is but they know sort of subliminally that yeah. that is that brand yeah they know through the colors through the shapes um, they they form that association mm. um, so that's how you build trust with the customer. Mm. Um, and, um, yeah, just keeping that, yeah, consistent message. I'd say that's the most effective. Awesome. Diana, do you agree? Consistency, is that one of the top, yeah. top things? I think it is the most important important thing. If uh, people uh, doesn't recognize or remember your brand, uh, you are 
you no are way. out of the game, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> basically. Yes. Any any other tips? Any other reasons or, or main um, things that make a good brand? Do you think? I would say that uh, the brand uh, could be working in different environments. For example, there is a brand that is DDB, so uh, they use uh, the icon of uh, their icon uh, in different countries and they can use uh, the icon as a shape for um, images so every country that uh, BBD, uh, DDB is uh, can make their their own icon so it's quite a flexible brand are exactly, you saying so there's like yes. it's 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 able to be sort of changed and moved but it's still recognizable as the all right See, that's the paradox brands need to be uh, able to evolve but consistent at the same time so then what I mean, I've always been told that a, a good brand is something that you can look at and then turn away and then redraw it by yourself and have it in close. And for a lot of brands, they look, I have to admit, it'd be hard. You get close with the Pixel logo. <laughs> you probably wouldn't get the intricate details. So you would know that there's a shape of a symbol there with a, a dot in the middle. But, yeah, that was always the thing that was happening to me. There's, a, there's that simplicity. It doesn't need to be a complex thing or an illustration, or, but it's more about that shape. But I am not the expert, obviously. Uh, That's right, we are. Yeah. <laughs> what, uh, Abby, what are your favourite brands? Or give me your most favourite brand. My most favourite brand on a personal level would be Wheels and Doll Baby. They are a clothing brand. Um, they speak to me personally. They have a rock and roll vibe. Is that what you're wearing um, right now? It is. Yes, okay. And they have had um, a, a very similar, obviously they, they update their designs, but they've had a very similar vibe um, to their clothing designs, to their brand messages, which is very rock and roll, very pin-up, very marry a millionaire. Um, and I think they have um, managed to keep that brand aesthetic um, to the point where they bring out some of their original clothes um, and they are snapped up because they've actually become collectible pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, so from it, they're, they're also an Australian brand. They make a lot of their clothes here uh, and they're ultra glam, um, which is absolutely me. Uh, and just the way they do, um, they do everything from their advertising to the models that they choose um, to their uh, just general aesthetic overall. Um, it just, yeah, it, it has me buying their clothes basically every other week. I'm particularly fascinated by fashion brands because at the end of the day, clothes are clothes. They're not that different. I mean, there are there are styles, obviously, and and the reference is always made to Nike. That you know, they're just sports t-shirts. A plain Nike t-shirt, a black t-shirt, but you put that that tick on the front of that t-shirt, and you can charge fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty dollars for that t-shirt. And there's obviously levels of that. And mm. and this brand, yep, um, has that, but it for a very niche audience it does um for sort of like your pin-up girl mm. so they do the same they sell simple black cotton singlets but just because it's got that dagger and rose logo instant, i will because um you know it, it it says something about me my values how cool i am mm. <laughs> how glamorous i am just like with your night person just having that that night logo means hey i'm a sporty guy i'm a fit guy um it's just a, that that brand association um you know, that it, it shows you have a particular set of values by buying it um, and so um, it's it's worth actual cash dollars. Is branding playing to the superficial nature of human beings? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> in, an, in a nutshell, it um, uh, lets us imagine, I think, who we want to be and be who we want to be just by subscribing to that particular brand's, you know, 
values and message you can. Yeah. Yeah, what it stands for. Okay, awesome. All right, Diana, your favorite brand. So um, as I say before, um, one of my favorite brands, <coughs> sorry, uh, it's uh, DDB. Um, it's really very- Who are they? What do they do? It's an advertising yeah. agency. Global yeah. powerhouse. I, I knew that. <laughs> so, um, yes, uh, it's really simple. Um, uh, their symbol is one D on the top and other D uh, in the bottom. And those Ds uh, for AB. So it's a really clever a way to 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 recognize uh, the brand. Uh, yes, the brand. Yes, it's beautiful, simple, clever. Um, the color palette is it's really uh, energetic. Um, yes, I love it. And flexible, and flex. like you said. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. All right. So then, what you might you might answer the exact same things, but what? What's an effective brand? What have you seen out there that you've just gone, wow, that's excellent execution of a brand? Well, I would say, for my example, Bills and Dolby, that's a particular niche market. They're not looking to become a sort of a big global brand. Mm. Um, they're happy They're happy being that sort of boutique style designer. So their branding works particularly well for them. One of the more effective, I think, branding examples I've seen over the last 10 to 20 years would be Priceline Pharmacy, which a lot of you would know. If you if you remember the original branding, it was you pay less at Priceline. It was, it was a, a real sort of bottom of the barrel dollar store, drugstore, and that was their uh, that was their branding. That was what attracted people to them. They underwent this massive revamp and uh, overhaul uh, and they did a lot of brand strategy around it and decided to position themselves as a pharmacy for females mm. and one of the key brand assets um, they involved in doing that was basically the hottest pink color you can imagine and absolutely splashing it everywhere mm-hmm. and being unapologetic about that pink as well so they they really have nailed that market in terms of um a, giving them essentially a, a big girly makeover uh, and now, uh, I mean, when you when you come across them in a shopping centre, you know immediately that's a Priceline store just, you know, just, just up a fair way because of that huge big pink splash mm. uh, and they have um, uh, absolutely killed it in terms of revenue and everything else by repositioning themselves as this um, uh, not just sort of a health and, and well-being centre but um, as, as a beauty, you know, destination as well. Interesting, because there's no such thing as a more masculine pharmacy out there. No, they don't have a pharmacy for men, although most no. pharmacies are so sort of boring and grey and dull, you could argue that every other pharmacy in the world oh, ever is, no. oh, <laughs> is specifically built for males. Harsh, harsh. We're going to move on from that, Diana. <laughs> what do you think is an effective brand out there that you've seen? Um, okay, um, I love uh, Melbourne Melbourne City brand. Uh, it's really uh, versatile as well. Yeah. Um, I love the colors. Um, I love how how they can um, turn the icon their icon to into a uh, different uses, different yeah, implementations, the, different colors. I believe uh, they use in different uh, things. Yeah, exactly. So um, uh, I think that the implement of uh, some of the their colors mm-hmm. in the. Um, uh, Yara transport. Oh, yes. um, so uh, I love how they use the color, the sh- their shapes. Mm. Um, yes, and just just with the shape of the of the M, 
Yes. Uh, you can recognize that is a uh, city of Melbourne. So um, they can uh, like. Uh, I've never noticed it before, but that kind of looks like skyscrapers, like the pillars of the. Oh, I don't know if that's what it's intended to be, but that's how I sort of interpret that a little bit. Yes. But this kind of fractal design is is was a bit of a trend in design for a while there. Telstra used a lot of this in in their uh, collateral. Um, and, yeah, to be honest, I feel like there's a lot of templated logos that use this style as well. That, that, and it, and it, now, that I, now that I say it out loud, it does actually kind of reference back to Pixel with that kind of... Oh, you yes. know, broken down shape. So that's all right. You're on trend. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Um, all right. So a lot of brands that exist in the market and they're successful enough for long enough decide at some point to do a brand refresh. Yes. And uh, first of all, why would a business do a brand refresh? What's the what's the purpose of a brand refresh? So for. <laughs> Brands, I think Priceline's a good example of that, that are looking tired and dated. Uh, if you, say, had your brand first designed in the 80s and, uh, you know, the, the, the fonts and uh, colours that were trending at the time um, when uh, maybe, you know, graphic design was a little bit simpler as well. Um, so now your brand maybe it looks like it's aged, it doesn't look very modern, it needs to be more streamlined um, or maybe you've, you've actually evolved so much as a company, um, your brand is no longer really representing your product. Mm. Um, so you need to give it, um, you know, a refresh to, you know, reposition what you're selling and who you want to appeal to. So with Priceline, their, their original branding, it was it was grey and orange and it, it was sort of stuck, you know, sort of back in the 80s, a bit like a um, bit like Brashes, which is mm -hmm. no, who is no longer with us. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> but um, it uh, needed a, yeah, needed a refresh, needed a, needed a makeover. Um, and, yeah, there are other brands out there obviously who have gone through the same thing. Coca-Cola, I think, is another good example of one who, while their their signature logo hasn't changed. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Has not changed at all. Yeah, their however, their packaging design and um, the the way they obviously, I mean, the way they market that has evolved, of course. Yeah. Um, but it has over the years undergone iterations um, that have actually sort of brought it into the modern day. So there has to be even their products, uh, the positioning of Coke. Diet Coke, Coke Zero, Vanilla Coke, all of those things were really branding exercises to hit different different audiences, different markets. Yeah, and that's a, that's another good example of a brand refresh where maybe your original product is a bit tired, mm. um, so you need to introduce a reiteration of that product and then again obviously a reiteration of that brand. Mm. Um, but obviously the tricky part is, is maintaining that consistency and, and making sure it's still recognisable mm. uh, when you're introducing those new elements. Mm. Now, Deanna, I've seen plenty of brand refreshes that in, in the news that cost uh, companies hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions, and they don't change an awful lot. Yes. I've um, seen like just a, the change of font or, or removal of something and, and, they can, and agencies are charging so much money. So why, why do these brand refreshes cost so much money? Um. I think it's not just change uh, the font or change the um, lo logo symbol or the icon. Um, I think there is a big job uh, behind that uh, because I, it's the research of what is your your new um, customer, what they want, 
all that uh, in, uh, like research behind that is what people don't see, but uh, is what help everything to to go to to one place. Uh, for example, the changes of the of the ta- typography. Yeah. So, um, it's not, and it's probably not just the, the logo that they're changing in this whole brand refresh. I mean, we're just seeing an article about just the, the logo, but there's probably a whole rollout of this new brand and their positioning that we're, that we're just not aware of for that price. Exactly. Uh, many uh, surveys, many um, um, research that you you uh, at least if if you if you uh, are interested in uh, brands, uh, you will uh, know. But otherwise, uh, so it's more sensationalist article journalism by these awful mm. copywriters that that write. <laughs> That like <laughs> trash clickbait titles. That's me. Yeah. Um, and when you do see that brand um, refresh at the end, it doesn't seem that much different to the original. What we haven't seen is the the concept process mm. where they've possibly gone through 10 different new versions of that brand, um, but we've only sort of seen the, the, the last one that the clients approved. So there's a whole big process that goes on behind the scenes. Mm. Um, like you said, that involves that research um, and and that that testing A B testing um, to see what's actually going to work and what's going to appeal to the audience. Yeah, I think Uber was one of the more famous ones uh, recently, worth uh, googling and, and reading into. Well, they bungled it, did they? I yeah, this one. I think so. All right, so if you were starting out, not a brand refresh. Let's uh, let's talk about a new brand. Say I'm just launching something into the market. Where does somebody start when they know that they want to invest in brand? I guess you have to have obviously the product first um, and even if you have a good product, um, you need to know the problem that that product is solving because once you know um, what what problem it is um, that, that you're solving in order for a person to buy this product, you know which person is going to want to buy that product. Once you know which person wants to buy that product, you can then start developing a brand that speaks to that person. Mm. So by researching that person, developing, you know, their persona, um, working out what they're interested in, what is going to most attract them from a, a brand perspective. So, you know, that's when you, you start looking at your brand personality and the traits it needs to have in order to attract that person to your brand. Mm. Um, and you would you would obviously start those those strategy discussions um, in determining who that person is and, and you know, yeah. what elements are going to speak to them. Okay. D? Uh, I would say that um, the most important thing is, uh, who, is who is your client, uh, what they want to do, uh, the persona. Uh, yeah. It's a know your client. For example, the uh, example that uh, Abby, Abby uh, said uh, was a price land. Uh, they know that uh, they wanted to um, uh, woman uh, to attract the cheeks. Exactly. Pull the cheeks. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So you you won't uh, use, uh, mm, I don't know, uh, typography or uh, colors that are not... Um, Mm. But too masculine. You wouldn't want big, bulky, kind of chunky letters with black and blue. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. So that, I think that that is the most important thing, and uh, I feel like a brand has to be uh, your customer has to remember your brand, um, and they have to like it. Exactly. <laughs> so I guess in the early stages, though, you might not know exactly who your customers are. You're just kind of feeling it out. What, what would be your, this is an off-the-cuff question, I know, ladies, but um, if you don't really know, 
do you start with a generic logo that kind of appeals to all, or do you just take a guess and hope that it hope that it hits and then adjust as on the fly? Brand refresh later on, <laughs> maybe very soon. Uh, I I don't think there's ever any benefit in rushing a brand just to get it out there because uh, it's a costly exercise um, actually doing your branding. So until you really know, uh, I think where your market position is and what your product is, what it's going to do and who it should be for, maybe uh, just hold off until you're sure on those points because, um, you know, once you've got a brand, you, you don't want to change it often, um, you, you know, or because that's the main thing. Again, you, you, you want to have one you can keep that's, that, that has legs um, because having, having to change branding on anything, whether, whether it's a website, whether it's you, your business cards, is always going to cost Lots of money. Well, just as a short little story to wrap up for people that may or may not know that the Pixeled Pixeled brand, the name was invented 24 hours before the business launched, just as (laughs) as a fast, got to get something up and going. The logo was purchased off of a template website uh, and I decided that just get started and within three months I realised this logo was going to stick and just I offered to um, offer the designer to take it off the internet so no one else could buy that template anymore and that he accepted. And the only brand refresh I've had in six years is to make the font weight from regular to extra bold because I like manly font weights. Or, or you can do it that way too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so not, not the most, but maybe, maybe we'll do a proper uh, strategized market research brand refresh for Pixel in, in the near future. That's, that's, the, that's the ideal way but um there's but, obviously obviously the um the shortcut as well but the brand for me the brand of brand pixel is our service and our and our awesome team and our <laughs> awesome clients and the logo is insignificant in comparison to all of those things so thank you very much diana and abby for your time today on the podcast and thank you for helping me get the podcast up and going again and uh stay tuned for more in the future thanks guys welcome thank our you. pleasure